Hello, friends, and welcome back to the EC Daily Devotional Podcast. I'm Pastor Aaron Case, and I'm happy to be with you today covering Numbers chapter 26 and 27. I just have to say before we begin, I love the Bible. I love the Bible, and I I know we say this often, and you'll probably hear it many more times, but I've, I hope you've really enjoyed your time so far, and and I hope that you've noticed things maybe that you've never noticed before as you've uh, read through the Bible. And honestly, maybe maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never taken that challenge to read all the way through God's Word. Well, I just pray that um, you're learning so much and in taking it in. And I know um, it can be overwhelming, but trust me, uh, every time I read through the Bible, I learn something new or I, I wonder how I missed what I missed. But what do we do is we trust that God will reveal to us uh, nuggets of truth that we can apply to our lives and help us to live more faithfully to Him. So I, I pray that it's been a blessing to you so far and your reading has has changed your life. Well, where we finished up yesterday was in chapter 25 where we see Baal worship or Baal, I know most of us say worship, and God's judgment upon Israel. Um, there was uh, capitulating towards Baal worship, and it was just a mess. God was God was upset and judging Israel, and and what did we see? We saw Phineas, um, Eleazar's son, who was Aaron's son, uh, stopped God's wrath by taking out the sinful culprits. We see the the zeal of Phineas. Um, because he didn't want to put up with that. He he stopped uh, God's judgment because he took care of it. And so there is absolutely no shortage of action or drama in God's Word, is there? And what we see by this is what should matter to us most, right? We should see that honoring Christ and seeking to be pure in our Lord's eyes should be paramount in all that we do, okay? And so, in chapter 26, in our time together today, it, it begins with a census. God uh, um, asked Moses to take a census of all who are 20 years and older, all who are of the age who are ready to, you know, are able to go to war. And then he begins with a list of the tribe names and the numbers that are there for a reason that God wants us to know. Out of Reuben, 43,730. Simeon, 22,200. Gad, 40,500. Judah, 76,500. Issachar, 64,300. Zebulun, 60,500. Joseph, 52,700. Ephraim, 32,500. Benjamin, 45,600. Dan, 64,400. Asher, 53,400. Naphtali, 45,400, getting a total all the way to 601,730. And now, listen, I know that was a lot of numbers and a lot of tribe names, right? Around 12, uh, because that's how many there are. Uh, But when you read through that, when you look through those sections, I want you to remember some of the stories that we've went through, because there's name drops in there that will remind us of the truths that were taught in Scripture from the sin or or the positive, you know, mostly, unfortunately, a lot of times it's bad memories of 
what had happened, but let that take you back to those truths, because I can't tell you how many times when we've been reading something and it applied to what was going on in my life, or I was able to share like a nugget of truth because of what our daily reading covered. And sometimes it's not just the day, but it's remembering a few days back what we've been through. So make sure you don't just gloss over those. All of that matters. And all of it is proving a point that um, God cares about each and every one of those folks and how they honor him. So so basically, these, all these were numbered in an order to understand how the land would be divided. So basically, God was getting his people ready to receive their inheritance. Uh, the larger tribes would get larger land, and you guessed it, smaller tribe would get smaller land. So what do we see in this truth? We see God is the one who gives the increase, right, church? That, that reminds me a lot of, a, of the parable of the talents, right? And we see the different number of talents given. And one thing that we aren't ever allowed to do, because what's interesting is, is the unfaithful servant has to give his talent to the one who has the most. Now, wouldn't you say it should go to the one who didn't have quite as much to make it a little more fair? No, that's God's prerogative. What we should be thankful for is what we have. Like the church down the street, the people down the street, your brother, your sister, all these other people, like looking at them and thinking, oh man, I, I don't have what they have. Well, are you in Christ? <laughs> do you know Jesus? Is that good enough for you? Or do, or do you need more, right? Do you need to add to that? So many times we get to looking around when, when God has just included us in his kingdom, he's saved us by his sovereign grace. He's poured out his love upon us. We should never move past that. And, and we'll talk about this um, in just a moment towards the end of our time today. But my goodness, if we need to be those type of people who can rejoice with our brothers and sisters when they succeed, even if uh, we wish we were the ones in their place, right? That's, that's what kingdom and gospel maturity is all about. So so we move on into chapter 27, where we learn about Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, which I'm thankful, I think it's Hefer, but I'm thankful that's a dude because no lady wants that name, am I right? But it could be worse because of one of the daughters we're introduced to, um, as we're given all the names, was Hogla or Hogla? I don't know. That just... Nobody's bringing that name back, right? Nobody wants that name. Um, but these daughters are important. Why? Because they, they brought up an issue that hadn't been dealt with before in Israel. Their father had died because of his own sin, um, not because of the rebellion, but he, he had died, as they said, because of his own sin. So that meant because he had no sons, just those daughters, is there was no heir. So why should his name be taken away and blotted out? Because... You know, he had no sons. He couldn't control that, right? So his daughters were trying to be honorable to him. So they asked Moses to give them an inheritance. So, you know, what Moses does, he goes before the Lord. There's truth right there, right? He he automatically goes straight to the Lord, and the Lord says, you know what? The daughters of Zelophehad are right. Give them an inheritance among their fathers, brothers, and transfer their father's inheritance over to them. So they were to get an inheritance, not only a land, but their father's inheritance. So then a statute was made, whereas if a man dies without sons, his inheritance goes to his daughters. 
has no daughters, and it goes to his brothers, have no brothers, and it goes to his uncles. And then if that fails, the inheritance goes to the nearest kinsman. And again, what we want to make sure is, that's very clear, is that covenantal faithfulness matters to God. Uh, Continuing in a line of faithfulness matters to God. What we pass along matters to God, not just our inheritance, but who we worship. These lists of names represent people who lived, people who really lived real lives, and they left their mark on this world. And what we need to be sure to do, given their examples and how we see them remembered, that we leave our mark for Christ. No matter how seemingly insignificant that can be or what sort of role God has given us. But, but what we see is, after all of that is settled and as chapter 27 comes to an end here, we see the news of who would secede Moses, right? I'm sure after the word that Moses was given that after he disobeyed and would not be leading the people into the promised land, I'm sure there was some wondering of what would happen and maybe among the people what was going to happen. So first off, here's a grace. God allows Moses to go up to the mountain top, Abiram, so that before he died, he would be able to see the promised land to where the people were going. Like, what a wonderful grace that was by God, wasn't it? He didn't, he didn't have to give him that. It's not like he deserved it. And, and I don't know about you, but there are many times where, where we've just got to trust, right? We've just got to trust that God will come through and he'll take care of whatever it is, even if we don't see it, even if we're not on the other end of the blessing. But I'm thankful for those times when God is gracious enough to allow us to see the fruit. Um, so that's what he does for Moses. And then here are Moses' words. Let's, let's actually look at them in uh, verses 16 and 17. It says, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. So the Lord responds to Moses' cry to him by saying, Lay your hands on Joshua, son of Nun. Bring them before the people and before the high priest Eliezer. And you shall then commission him before all the people and vest in him some of your authority so the people will know that he is the one who has been called to lead. So from one great man of God to the next. And I know it's so easy to be selfish and hold on, but I think it's pretty amazing how well Moses cared for the people and how much he cared for God's glory above his own in this moment. He wanted their best. He wanted the right leader, regardless of their failings of him and his failings of them. So I pray that everyone listening today is a shepherd like that over them, one who puts God's kingdom first and loves him enough to seek God's best for you? Christian, can you rejoice even if it's not you getting the victory because you understand the bigger picture at work? Are you okay with laying the groundwork only for someone else to finish the race? I mean, we're, we are free to rejoice when it's not about us, but instead it's about kingdom faithfulness and it's about God's glory. As we said a moment ago, true gospel maturity 
is what we're looking for. And I know we've mentioned it in the past, but it's I saw a good way of describing it. True gospel maturity is praying for revival and rejoicing when it happens down the street. Think about that today, church. How can you die to yourself so that the name above all names is honored? Let's think about that, not today only, but at all times. Let's bring glory to the name above them all. Have a blessed day, my friends. 